0: Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. Today, we are joined by Mario Martinez Jr., founder and CEO of BenGresso. How are you doing today, Mario?
1: Tony, I'm doing fabulous, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Ah, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. So uh, you know, tell us a little bit about Vingresso for the folks out here that might not know who you are.
1: Appreciate that, bro. Uh, so Vingresso, we are a virtual selling uh, sales training and technology organization. We focus on just one thing and one thing only, and that is helping sales teams and sales leaders create more sales conversations through digital sales training skills. And uh, we just released our latest technology, flymessage.io, which you see up here on the wall, uh, we've yes, got, sir. and uh, it's a sales productivity tool for, uh, for sales organizations.
0: Nice, nice. Now, one thing that jumped out at me, you know, I'm based down here in uh, Medellin, Colombia, and so uh, I didn't even think about what Vingresso meant, but I was, I, was, uh, I was pleased to see at the breakdown of how you guys came up with the name, which you share with our, our listeners how, uh, what the name means.
1: Yeah, you bet. It's kind of a funny story, and I'll consolidate a long story into a very short window here, and that is uh, we, we couldn't find it, anything in English, any acronym, any three letters, any word, anything that wasn't already taken with a .com, a .io, a .dot, .whatever it might be. So after three months of just banging our head, uh, I finally said, geez, we got to go to a different language. And of course, the heart and soul of what I wanted to build as a, uh, as a company was focused in on um, a particular um, problem that I see in the industry, and that is representation of Latinos. Uh, And so um, in leadership roles, in management, uh, across an organization, and if I could build an all Latino-based company, I would absolutely do that. And we're almost there actually, as a matter of fact. Um, Uh. But with that in mind, I said, well, how do you say sales and how do you say revenue inside of Spanish? And I knew how to say sales, which is ventas, and revenue is kind of a word that you don't usually use that often uh yep. in at least in common uh, uh colloquial Spanish conversation. So I had to call up mom and say mom, how do you say revenue in Spanish? And she says, I think it's ingresos. Uh, and I said, Are you think or you know? Because that's that's what Google says. And she's like, Yeah, I think that's right. Let me call up, let me call up my mom. And that was grandma. And uh and so she called up and she said, oh yeah, it's ingresos. And I was like, okay, perfect. So I was looking at them together and I we used this tool to make a to make a combination. And it was spitting out all these like different combinations of words. And then finally, my wife said, what about just Vingreso? And I was like, <laughs> I love it. Vingreso, ventas <laughs> and ingresos ventas and ingresos smash together each of those words. And so we focus on sales and revenue. That's really our roots.
0: Nice, nice. Oh, man, that's a that's a perfect name. That's a perfect story. And for anybody out there, I hope we have some uh, future entrepreneurs listening in on this show so that they could uh, take that as an a way for them to create that name and find that url that will really work for their business as well if you got to go to another language go to another language <laughs> <worth> exactly <laughs> nice so uh before we get into the main segment our, our our main feature conversation why don't you tell us a little bit about who in particular Vin Gresso is trying to change the game for industry-wise and and then what kind of uh personas do you typically talk to so we get a little bit of a feel of what sales looks like for your company?
1: Yeah, great question. So first off, our personas, they're almost equally split uh, on a a three-way component, and that is you've got your sales leaders, um, CRO, CSO, VPs of sales. You've got your sales enablement leaders, uh, so VPs of sales and director of of enablement, and then you've got your marketing leaders uh, that are um, uh, are, our chief buyers, and that is CMOs, VPs of marketing. Um, another okay. portion of our business, which represents about 10% of our business, uh, is the small um, entrepreneurs, small uh, um, business owners, uh, solopreneurs, as well as individual sales reps as well. Uh, so that is a component of who we serve. But as you, as you can think about it or you heard of it, it's all about sales and marketing. That's who we focus on.
0: What was the number one challenge that you think about last year when it comes to reaching your revenue
1: goals? So I don't, it's really hard to say, one. Uh, there were a couple that we actually had um, for us. Uh, we had a big shift in our business. So we used to be about 70% MME mid market enterprise and 30% smaller business and individuals of which we still cater in service to. And we still love those folks coming in and swiping their credit card. Great. We give them the training they want all on demand. Um, but what happened last year was a, a, a big giant shift and pretty much 20% of that 30% of the business shifted over to the mid market enterprise um, which mm-hmm. was a really, really good thing uh, for Vingresso. And it's something that we'd been wanting to do for the last um, almost four years uh, since we started the organization. And we, mer- we did a seven-way company merger to form Vingresso. Uh, and uh, when we did that, uh, or, or when that started happening, we actually almost had a double growth in the company just by shifting mm-hmm. 20% of our business from here to there. and um, So that was an unexpected, forecasted, uh, unexpected non-forecasted, excuse me, change that happened in the business. And with that came a lot of challenges, um, infrastructure-wise, people-wise. I mean, we were trying to get computers for people that we couldn't get computers for, for some cases, seven to eight weeks, right, um, really? to be able to get computers. And so it became very difficult uh, to be able to onboard individuals and get them up to speed. Um, but but fortunate, we're a virtual world. And as a completely cloud-based infrastructure, whether it was their machine or our machine, we could still onboard them and get them going. So, so that was interesting in terms of uh, dealing with some of those problems uh-huh. our business our business actually grew um, by 20% on one side of the business shrunk by 20% on the other side but we didn't have like monumental growth inside the industry why well a number of reasons for that there were a lot of sales leaders back last year and still this year that thought that things would quickly go back to normal yeah. and they kept saying we're gonna wait. We know we need this, but we're going to wait. We're going to see what the industry ha- What happens to the industry. We'll see when we go back to normal. And everybody was in this expectation of go back to normal, which impacted millions of companies last year and millions of salespeople not performing last year. Um, I don't think the numbers have come out yet, but I don't think they're better than the 54% that we had of the year before of sellers meeting quota. I think more mm-hmm. sellers did not meet quota than met quota last year. And of yeah. course, that's also dependent upon the industry. If you were working for Zoom you probably crushed it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 100%,
1: 100%. Those are interesting dynamics. And if you think about some of the challenges that basically hit the industry, look, marketing emails last year alone increased by 62%. Virtual events, 1,000%, Tony. Sales calls, 28%. Uh, Ad spend went up by 22% by companies just to reach their targeted buyer. So more digital noise came at buyers than any other time period ever before um, that we've ever seen. And so sellers really needed to find a way to be able to stand out from the crowd. So two aspects, our business was impacted as a result of growth and the challenges that we experienced and then also culture. So we had an interesting um, situation with culture that I can talk about in just a little bit. But then also our sales community was receiving a lot of uh, requests but a lot of people weren't necessarily buying because they were thinking, oh, we'll just wait. Oh, we'll just wait. Oh, we'll just wait. And at the same time, all of those sales organizations that we sell to and that we service were all experiencing the same exact thing that every other person experienced. And that was marketing emails went up, virtual events went up, sales calls went up, ad spend went up. And now we had to figure out a way to stand out from the crowd and be very, very different. So those are three major areas that I think were were impactful for us.
0: I was going to say when did you guys realize, like, what, is there any event that happened where it finally clicked and you said, hey, you know what, this thousand conversations that we're having versus 10 really good ones with larger com- customers that we could generate the same revenue with, is there, is there a certain event or a certain time when you had that moment of clarity that you could recall and share with us?
1: Yeah, the, the inkling came in mid-April of 2020. The confirmation came by mid-May. Uh, and so the inkling was, we now had sales leaders that were like, oh my God, what do I do? I you have a virtual environment. We were always in the field. We used to shake hands. I used to have my guys, you know, and gals spread all over the country and they were in their, remote, uh, their, their field uh, based, uh, locations and they're supposed to be shaking hands and doing events. And we don't know how to do that. So wh- how do we transition? Um, and it came in April, when uh, organizations started to pick up and started inquiring and a lot of folks that I'm connected to as a sales influencer started reaching back out to me saying hey we're thinking about we're doing and as the volume started to pick up i became right back onto the selling the selling lines and i was on the front line just like the regular sales folks right and it got to the point where i literally wrote to executives and vps when they wrote to me that they're in, that they were interested in learning about how to help transform their sales organization with digital selling. My first question was happy to help you. Do you have budget? Do Mm -hmm. you have budget? No, Mm -hmm. we're really not sure what forecast about 150,000 to $250,000 for a size of your organization. Let me know when you're ready to talk. Right. Uh And it was like, Whoa, Whoa. Like I, you know, is there anything that you can do like on a small package that would help me to be able to just get started right away? no, yeah. No, because change is, you should have thought, and this is something that I'm really passionate about with sales leaders, right? I have been evangelizing for the last five years alone, digital, 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 all remote, all virtual workforce. Now, of course, I did not, did not forecast a, a pandemic, right? Like, I, Who would have known that? But we knew it was coming. And uh, in 2019, we still spent 70% of our meetings trying to convince sales leaders that this thing called digital was something that their sellers should be using right? As opposed to cold calling and emailing. And then in March, 2020, hundred percent shift, right? And so now sales Mm -hmm. leaders were scrambling like, oh my God, I need something right now. And I need a quick webinar to be able to help them. Look, man, when you were learning how to cold call or gal, sorry, when you were looking at learning how to cold call, did you do one cold calling session in an hour? And therefore you became an expert and you were able to now go out and do cold calling effectively. No, we went through training for at least usually a week. Then we sat on the phones, listening to other people with the Y connector. Then we started making the phone calls with the coach next to us and getting coaching. And then we started doing it on our own. And then we started seeing our own individual stats. Someone kept monitoring our calls. And over the course of a period of a month or two, we now became more effective at making calls. Guess what? You just moved the conversation from phone and you now spread it across LinkedIn, video, text, email, and figure out all the rest of the digital channels that everybody started using. So that shift came in and around the April timeframe. Um, and by May it was, Hey, listen, I'm happy to have a conversation with you, but we've got a ton of stuff that we're working on right now. And you really got to let us know, like, do you have budget? If you don't have budget, I totally understand, but we're not interested in talking unless you've got budget. And then the question was, was, well, how much budget do I need? And I'd be happy to tell people, this is what you're looking at, right? This is what you need. If you're looking to transform a sales organization, whether it's $20,000 or whether it's a quarter million dollars, this is what you're going to have to have. And it's like, wow, I didn't realize I was hoping that I can just do a webinar. And that's the thing that really bugged the snot out of me, right? About um, sales leaders and our mentality, by the way, I'm a 23 year sales sales veteran. My last stop Mm -hmm. was a VP of sales. I've managed over $300 million worth of Hispanic control. And, um, What really bothered me about about sales leaders is that we want that instant gratification right now, just like getting that contract signed. We don't have the patience to understand that behavior change takes time.
0: So then when you think about this transition to enterprise, are there any new skills that you needed to look for in your rep when it comes to um, performing uh, on an enterprise sales level versus a small business level?
1: Yeah. So, um, generally on the enterprise side, um, you know, we really had to get very focused in on, um, what we call the cadence and even in a business like Vingresso where demand is up because of what we do, right. Digital selling skills. We still are looking for anyone and everyone that is going to exponentially grow the business. And then people want to, you know, crush their quota. And so we had to get a lot more specific in terms of what we did um, in our inbound and our outbound cadence program. And we just, um, we literally just published an article on uh, prospecting and it's uh, one of our latest articles. Uh, It's it's the definitive guide to, um, what do we call it? Uh, Let me look, where is it at? The definitive prospecting guide for sales management to grow pipeline. And we put basically our entire recipe of how we go about um, prospecting and what that prospecting template looks like. And what we needed to break down is, is, all right, our buyers are in so many different channels. Of those channels, there's a lot of noise. So how do we break through the noise and how do we get to the channels that the buyers are at? And, And that they'll engage with us. So we started looking at, all right, let's think about this. There is the phone call, which is traditional. There are LinkedIn connection requests. There Mm -hmm. are referrals from other customers. There are programs that we could run, which we do like, you know, free digital sales assessments, direct mail, gift marketing, email, LinkedIn uh, messaging, LinkedIn voicemail, um, mutual introduction um, requests, social engagement. Now we're on number 11, text messaging 12, Video messaging, 13. Whoa. So we document Uh all these things. And think about this. As a sales leader who's listening to this, we never really had to think about 13 channels that our sellers could engage with because we generally were trying to meet people face-to-face and we would use a handful or less. Now, in a virtual selling environment, you've got to think about every one of these channels as a seller and our job as salespeople and sales leaders, guess what? Became just that much more complicated.
0: So let me ask you this. What is the KPI or metric that you use to determine whether these efforts were working well, just kind of make sure that you're on track. Do you have anything that you all were tracking there and looking to improve as you made this transition?
1: Yeah. So something that we actually do with our clients as well is uh, we track the ROI of, um, uh, of these efforts, particularly surrounding tools. You can't do our job today as a salesperson without tools. We don't have the yellow pages and a phone that's just gonna cut it today, right? Like in the old days, we used to have the yellow pages and the phone. And that's what we did. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah. had a spreadsheet and we marked check, check, check. They ain't gonna cut uh-huh. it today. And a modern yeah. sales organization has remote selling tools. And we've got a great article on remote selling tools as well. Um, So there's a couple ways to measure it. Uh, Number one, if you measure booked meetings, then all you are looking at is how many more meetings did I create as a result? Mm
0: -hmm. Now,
1: about 50% of our sales organizations that we work with, the sales leaders do not require the reps to enter in their meetings and to be tracked, which to me is criminal, right? Like that is the kiss of death. You got a pipeline. If you have only 54% of your reps making quota, even 60% and you're not tracking uh, booked meetings, which is a direct correlation to pipeline. You're missing out on the most important KPI. Um, So for us, it's all around booked meetings and the number of meetings that a rep is having each week. And what we're looking for, for our reps is at least eight, seven to eight uh, um, uh, unique meetings that they're having each week. And that's going to breed out the results that we're looking for in terms of uh, sales conversations. And it's going to help build the pipeline. That's the magic number for us.
0: So, as we talk about meetings booked and ROI on platforms, uh, what was your goal? Pick either one. What was kind of like the goal that you were trying to realize? And the question is, did you hit it?
1: Yeah, good question. So, um, the, the, the number at the end of the day that sales leaders care about is revenue. Uh, that at the end of the day is what all sales leaders care about, is the revenue goal. Um, so, the answer is Yes. And for that, for us, and for, um, for the other thing that we measure is productivity. Now, a lot of sales leaders um, track how many calls did you made? How many emails did you push out, right? They track those types of activity-based KPIs. Yeah, We don't track that at all, unless, of course, we have a problem with pipeline and performance. And then yeah. we go back to tracking activity because that's the baseline. Are you doing the right things that are going to help produce the pipeline? From post-hello to close, this is the longest period that you'll spend right here with a buyer from post-hello to close and arguably is 40% of the effort, but strategically is the most important side of the effort because this is where the relationship and trust building happens to be able to get them to to sign an agreement.
0: Perfect, perfect. So then wrapping up, what would be your advice, Mario, for other sales leaders out there when you think about the experience you had on this journey was that piece of advice that you're taking away that you would say hey guys think about this as you go forward make sure you do this as you go forward
1: so i'll t- I'll, I'll, I'll close it with a story and it really comes back down you know we all know it comes back down to the people and everybody is dealing with something different uh and the story goes with uh it was a, about six months into covid uh, about 1130 at night, it's about that 11 o'clock time frame. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so, so somebody else pinged me and it was 1130 my time. And it was 1:30 AM their time. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they pinged me and they said, Hey, are you up? Cause they saw me pushing out emails and I said, yeah. And they said, can you talk? And I said now, and they said, yeah. And I said, sure. You know, everybody in my house is asleep. I said, sure. So they called me up and I said, um, uh, dude, what are you doing up? And uh, the individual said, oh, well, you know, just get my mind off things. You got to take care of some things. I'm really behind, you know, work, blah, blah, blah. And so uh, he said, listen, I'll be quick. You tell me what the problem was. So I heard what the problem was. But then my answer was, man, you really got to dial back, man. You need to like, if you're up at 1.30 in the morning and you can't, you know, sleep, go, go watch TV, go do something else, go exercise. Um, But stop working and just relax. You know, just you can handle this tomorrow. And then the response was something very interesting. I had never experienced this before as a sales leader and I had never factored this in. Um, and that was, hey, you know, Mario, um, I gotta tell you something. He's was like, sure. I really appreciate the fact that you are telling me, hey, don't overwork, don't work too much, you know, take a chill, relax, but I need you to stop. And I was like, uh, okay. He says, I know you're doing it for the right reasons but I need you to stop. And I was like, okay, tell me why. He said, listen, you have no idea what it's like to be a single person where you can't go out, you can't talk to anybody, you can't hang out. Uh, um. You haven't slept with anybody in six months. You haven't even physically touched anybody. You haven't ate dinner with anybody. You have no idea what that's like because you've got two kids and you got a wife. And while you're in quarantine, yeah, I respect that. You get to at least get a hug every single morning. Guess Mm -hmm. what? I don't. So the only thing that's keeping me sane and not thinking about being depressed over the fact that I don't have these things is sinking myself into work because I can't even go to the gym because the gym is closed down. And I was like,
0: man, that's huge. That's huge.
1: I didn't even think about that. I'm like, now I could probably think of other things that you can invest your time into, but in this case, Uh it was the idea of I need to invest my time into something else. And I'm super depressed and my situation, and, and guess what? Depression across the world is at an all-time high, right? Suicide is at an all-time high. Child of yeah. endangerment is at an all-time high because we're all stuck at home and that's not really, you know, the normal course of life, right? Right. So with that in mind, it really gave me some insight into thinking differently about how we manage people in a remote environment. And it really came back down to all the things I talked about. Yeah, they're all valid but at the crux of everything about leadership is all about how we lead. And that was a huge learning opportunity for me as a 23 year veteran inside of sales, having led teams before, to have heard something like that from somebody that said, wow, I didn't even think about it. The next morning I woke up and I told my wife, you know, I never thought about this. Like I get to say hello to you, get to hug you, you know, all that stuff. You and I get to have touch, but some of my people they're single and they they don't even get to have touch, right? And I don't know what that's like. So it really allowed me as a leader to be able to think, you know, this environment that we're in right now is here to stay. Eventually, hopefully through worldwide vaccinations, we'll be able to have socialization and shake people's hands. But in the meantime, my best advice to a sales leader is remember that our job is to understand each individual personally and how do we lead them to success in their virtual selling environment.
0: Hey Mario, it's great talking today. We will put those uh, we'll put those links in the show notes, so those of you out there listening can go ahead and get access to this great content and take your sales to another level, your sales organization to another level. Uh, Mario, great talking with you today. Uh, learned a lot. Look forward to actually taking some of your notes and applying it. Uh, there's always going to be a lot more uh, adventures coming up in uh, remote selling. So why don't we do this? Let's make plans to talk again <laughs> because we're all trying to overcome this challenge. Uh, and, and maybe even the next time I'm thinking about um, engagement. How do you kind of, you know, when you don't have that live setting, how do you kind of motivate these employees and make them feel connected when they're in this remote sales environment? I'd love to talk about that with you at some point uh, later on if you're
1: down. Absolutely. And in fact, that remote selling article that I, that I sent you, There's a whole Uh section inside there on creating engagement. So take a look at that and I'll be happy to come back. All right. All right. Hey, Mario, uh, thanks for joining the show.
0: Uh, It was great talking with you virtually. I had a great time talking with you and I look forward to talking again.
1: Thanks for having me, Tony. I appreciate it, buddy.
0: Thank you. Look forward to talking again soon. All right. Bye.